What's weight got to do with it? Have you heard that you have to lose weight to improve your blood sugars? Have you been told that seeing an educator will help you lose weight? And that there is research that shows that weight loss is sustainable? Gosh, Marianne, it seems like the popular media has really twisted the point of diabetes care into some sort of weight loss diet. It really, it really has. So you don't have to lose weight to improve blood sugars? You know what? You really don't. And we can improve working with an educator can help you improve your blood sugars without dropping a pound. Trust me. And we are here to help you learn and to create a plan. Right. There's research that shows that actually looking at weight loss, not in the short term, a month or two months, but long term, greater than five years, we're really seeing that sustainable weight loss doesn't exist and that the few people out there that are able to keep weight off, they're really not the norm. They're kind of the unicorn of the weight loss world. And there's lots of reasons why people with diabetes are struggling with weight and weight loss and losing and gaining. In this episode, we really want to talk about what does weight have to do with good diabetes care? And that people come in all sizes and people can be healthy in all sizes. Exactly. We want to help you figure out what you are doing that is working and we want to help you keep doing all those good things that are working for you. And also identify the places that you want to change. So we don't tell people what to do, right, Marianne? Right, right. We're, we guide you. We pro- provide you with the education that you're looking for and help um, you, you know, navigate where you want to go. Exactly. And you know what? We never even have to weigh you, so don't even worry about that. No, and... Um, Many people work with us to, uh, to really learn how to enjoy eating while they're taking care of their health because the fear and the pressure of diabetes is robbing them of the pressure of, of pleasurable eating. I've had that happen so many times. I've had people come in and tell me, oh my gosh, Migret, I don't even know what to eat. I don't even like eating anymore. And I think that when I hear those kinds of statements, I get really, really sad. So what are we going to cover today? Well, in this episode of the Sweet Support Podcast, we're going to talk about weight, weight stigma, weight bias, health at every size, and a whole bunch more. Welcome to the Sweet Support Podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore the joys and challenges of fitting diabetes care into your life. With curiosity and compassion, We'll show you how nutrition, a personalized approach, small steps, and supports will give you a map for day-to-day health decisions and self-care. Here are your hosts, Mary Ann Evans-Ramsey and Migret Fletcher, diabetes educators and dietitians for Wentworth Health Partners. Hey, Mary Ann. Hi, Migret. So, here we have an episode. Um, that I bet would be very interesting for most people um, that uh, have diabetes. We're going to talk about weight, but we're not going to focus on losing weight. Um, We um, are going to talk about how to accept your weight 
and keep blood sugar in target. With blood sugar target, getting blood sugar in target as the focus. Yeah, this is a favorite topic of mine, and it's called health at every size or haze. So what is that? What well, does that mean? Yeah, well, I think right now when we talk, talk about health at every size, we have to recognize that the weight loss industry, which is a $60 billion industry, has sold the idea that good diabetes care is all about weight loss. But that isn't true, is it? It really isn't. Good diabetes care is really about getting regular checkups, um, learning about medications, about balanced meals, focusing on good nutrition, um, what the benefits of an active life can be for diabetes, and also coping and coping with stress. Yeah, it's funny that people think diabetes is just about following a diet. Yeah, that's pretty much what our, our clients come in with um, time and time again. And this actually can stop people from seeking care. It really is. And you're right, because the research is supporting this. And this whole um, resistance to going to see the doctor because we have diabetes, because our blood sugars are up, because we feel like we've been bad, because we've cheated, then putting all of those in air quotes is really called weight stigma. So let me explain how weight stigma works. So whether you have an external judgment, like from somebody you trust, like a medical provider, or an internal judgment, that would be your own voice telling you, and you experience that sense of judgment, oftentimes blame and shame will follow. And what we found is that when people blame themselves um, around diabetes, it actually decreases access to medical care. This means that when people, when we ask people about, hey, do you feel like um, your current blood sugars are something that you've done, people say, yeah, I've, I've messed up or I've screwed up or it's all my fault. And that actually is a barrier for people to get me uh, medical care. In fact, people oftentimes will say things like, they feel like if they lost weight, they wouldn't need to manage their diabetes. Yeah, and that's that's so frustrating. Uh, it, it causes a lot of confusion um, in the short term, even long term. But that restrictive eating we know that one might take on with great gusto just isn't sustainable and not going to help their blood sugars long term because it's diabetes is a chronic illness and we're here to you know help you understand how to manage that over time it's it's a challenge and but it can happen regardless of your weight there's so much more that right. we can look at right and i think that's really it so whatever weight we are at this very moment we are here to help you manage your diabetes so let's break down the fiction of weight loss. And this I think is really important. So looking at the look ahead trial, this was one of our largest trials that looked at the benefits of weight loss and cardiovascular disease. And really what it found was only 3.9% of the people in the most intensive arm of this study were able to reverse diabetes, so about 4%. And the question is, what about the other 96% of the people with diabetes? So we can see right away that 
um, reversing diabetes or having weight loss cure diabetes is really not accurate. Now, one of the things that happens when we look at these studies are we can turn around and say that, hey, did regular exercise and eating a balanced diet improve blood sugars? Absolutely, but I don't think that we need to attach the outcome of weight loss to that benefit. Now, one of the things that happens is, is that people come in and they talk a lot about weight stigma or judgment, and the research is coming out stating that Many of the problems associated with health, if not all of them, are because people are experiencing this weight stigma. And weight stigma, again, as we've already stated, encourages people not to seek care because they're often ashamed, that they feel that they're to blame. And so instead of asking for help, they actually are avoid taking care of their diabetes. Shame triggers eating and other forms of harming ways to cope. Those might be smoking, drinking, watching, binge watching TV, and avoiding medical care. So we can see that the whole weight stigma shame cycle of care is very, very complex. What about weight bias? So weight bias is situations that can happen when people we respect make assumptions about our weight and our size that are incorrect, meaning that uh, a lot of times we'll hear expressions like fat people are lazy. This is an example of weight bias. Now, it's not true, or fat people eat more than thin people. Again, this is an example of weight bias. We can't make generalizations by looking at somebody about somebody's health or eating habits. And so we really want to move away from these kinds of statements, first of all, because they're not accurate, and second of all, because they produce shame, blame, and judgment that really is causing people to not seek medical care. And this is a huge problem. Now, weight bias is something we've known about for a long time, and we can see similar medical conditions like heart disease in women, um, and the research came out about the weight bias about that, meaning that women thought they weren't to get heart attacks. And so a big education campaign came out talking about the red dress. And this was really identifying how uh, women are at risk for heart disease and wearing a red dress was to help us learn that women do have heart attacks and that their symptoms are different than men. So all people are biased, including your medical provider, including your diabetes educators. That's just part of being human. But what we are trying to say is we're trying to become aware of our biases and we're trying to work to avoid generalizations. So it's hard to see our biases and oftentimes we can't, okay? And when we can't see our biases, that creates a condition where we can unintentionally um, kind of lead people or treat people in a way that's not helping them. And so one of the things that I like to tell my clients, and I know Marianne, you do the same thing, is asking our clients, is this helpful or what is helpful about this session? And a lot of times over the years, we've really gotten the feedback that getting weighed all the time and talking about weight isn't helpful. Right, and so you know we're here to say, let's kind of lighten the load a bit and let's get the, sh we'll shift away from having to lose weight for your diabetes and instead let's focus on good diabetes care, which could be a whole host of other self-care 
behaviors. And what are some of the, you know, how are we gonna access some resources for if patients are interested just in understanding all that that you had just kind of given us a good background on? Thank you. Yeah, there are some great resources, including the Health at Every Size website. There are books about um, focusing in on behaviors and not so much on weight. And one of the kind of leaders of this movement, her name is Linda Bacon. She has her PhD. She really talks a lot about how focusing in on behaviors, instead of being so driven by what you weigh, really actually promotes health. So, for example, what would you say to someone who lives in a larger body, Maybrit? That we're here to help you and not to put you on a diet and that managing uh, that many people with diabetes don't actually know how to eat a balanced diet without going on a diet. Because right. that's, you know, that's so much of the connection that they come in with and so they can't see what a balanced diet is. Um, the focus is on that diet culture, the diet messages. They're just so pervasive. They are. It's really hard to get away from. So so we would also say, you know, in addition to that, we're here to help you um, and focus on nourishing the body. Again, we've come back to this providing versus avoiding mentality and um, providing for your body. So that might mean spacing out your meals uh, right. uh, in a way that's going to take care of your energy needs. And meal spacing is really kind of looking at, am I hungry, checking in with our hunger. You know, so many times people say things like, I have to eat so many meals a day. And meal spacing can have us really start identifying wait a second, how hungry am I? Am I hungry? What do I need to eat right now? And it isn't somebody telling you what to do. It's you starting to ask some questions. Right. And I, I just, in some ways, it cracks me up where people come in and say, you're going to put me on a diet, right? So, you know, we don't put anybody on anything. Um, our job here is to to provide education if you're needing that and just to help you understand these important connections with nourishing and nurturing your body, which often involve a personalized plan. You know, listening to your body's needs for nourishing food or listening to your body for maybe when you might want a sweet taste of something or a sweet item versus you're you're having a reaction you're having a triggering moment to gravitate towards a sweet because you're told i can't eat that that's bad you know all the negative language so just connecting with where that fits in based on what your inside experience is so marianne you talked about a triggering experience could you explain that a little bit more so when somebody says oh i got triggered by food or oh i ate that and i shouldn't have what exactly do you mean by that well the trigger can come in many ways but let's just say an example to illustrate that would be your um you're at Oh, an event and you're there with you know a friend or a relative and you're you know stepping up to a buffet and and you get a little whisper and nudge you know um, as you're gravitating towards a specific food and 
and that person close to you says, you're not supposed to have that, are you? You've got diabetes. And so it can be this trigger like, you know, this message, you know, I'm not allowed to have. Mm. I don't I don't know how to choose foods for myself or this is bad for my blood sugar. This is bad for my weight. So so those negative messages then trigger you into more of an anxious state. Um, it also can trigger you into feeling rebellious, like don't tell me what to do. Right, your you know? inner teenager comes yes, out. Yes, inner teenager, and you're like, you know, I'm going to have the biggest piece of cake that I can manage right now. You know, and I'm going to keep eating it even after I stopped enjoying it. You know, instead of saying, how much of that cake do I want? Or how much of that, um, you know, pasta dish or how much of that meat or anything that you're getting, you know, and it's not, it's not checking in. It's just eating out of this trigger. Like I'm bad. I'm not supposed to have this. I'm different. I'm, I need to restrict. So that's really what I'm getting at with the triggering. And it's not, it's not about listening to your body. The trigger isn't about listening to your body. It's almost no. like spite eating. Yeah, it's, it's a, spite eating. It's exactly. almost like we're eating to spite the other person or to right. spite diabetes. And that can really create this cycle, this kind of blood sugar roller coaster is what I like to call it, where we turn around and somebody says, oh, you shouldn't be eating that. You have diabetes. And all of a sudden, just like you say, you have the biggest piece of whatever. And now your blood sugars are really high. Yeah. You know, so then what do you do? So, you know what, when, when we're working with our clients, we're going to be challenging those situations to say, you know, look at those thoughts that are triggering that. Catch them. Take a look at that. And, and it's about you driving the bus with this. It's about being curious, which we love to promote. We love to encourage that curiosity about your diabetes. So learning about a situation or a food as it relates to the blood sugars that you're seeing when you're checking blood sugars and and saying, letting that inform you like the direction that you might wanna go. Mm. You know, you get to drive that bus and decide, gosh, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy chocolate cake, but you know, I just, I'm choosing not to have it or I'm choosing to have a certain amount of it because I know what happens with my blood sugar. But it's a choice. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and you 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 know, you may also decide that you know your blood sugar is going to go higher, but when you're looking at the big picture of things, it's different than just like every, you know, decision is like a catastrophe. Right, right. So you're saying kind of recognize the forest through the trees and all of that. Mm -hmm. I think that as you were describing kind of these situations, these triggering situations, these spite eating situations, I think that that is really important for people to recognize that we do have an emotional connection to food and eating, and that's normal. And working with somebody can really help us sort that out. And sometimes we work with a dietitian like Marianne or myself, and sometimes we work with therapists to really help us sort out these issues because food is really, really connected to a lot of emotions. And when people have foods taken away from them, they can feel really disempowered and it can be very emotionally triggering. Yeah, I have a great story that just happened the other day with a client. So we were talking about 
uh, a meal that she had that had pasta and she she's been looking at the content the carbohydrate and learning like what the values are she's doing a tracking with a tracking phone app and so we talked about what it was and we looked at her blood sugar and it was above the target that was desirable for for a you know good diabetes um, control so although I don't like that word control so much but that just good blood sugar levels to support her health let's say it that way um, and and so we talked about that and she in the conversation she said about the pasta she says oh don't take that away from me and I said nobody's taking anything away from you you're learning perhaps what your body's tolerance is with diabetes around pasta and you can decide what you want to do with that you get to decide do I want to play with a portion do I want to try a different recipe do you know how can I you know or do I do I choose that I am just not in a place where I'm going to change that and this is what my result is I go in fully informed you know and I can look at of all the things that I want to do to help my health my diabetes what am I going to choose right and I love how you're emphasizing choice because I think choice is so so important and one of the things I'd like to do is this little activity and this activity is from the am I hungry program and I really like this activity a lot to help people understand this concept of balance so the first one is to ask yourself three questions and questions really generate curiosity so the first question is what do I want what do I want to eat Maybe it's pasta, maybe it's salad, maybe it's a nice big piece of meat, maybe it isn't those, any of those things, but what do I want? The next question is asking ourselves, what do I need? What does my body need right now? And needing and checking in with our needs can be, how hungry am I? What does my body physically need? You know, what nutrients might help my body function better? Some people will identify, oh, I feel better when I eat X, or oh, I feel better when I drink Y. Those are the kinds of things where we identify, when I eat these foods, I feel better. So it might indicate that my body needs those foods. Right. Or how's my energy? Like what, what does my, you know, what's gonna serve my energy level? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the last question, which is always so basic, is what do I have? So yeah, I may need to eat a high fiber um, cereal, but I may not have any because it got all eaten up. So what would be my next best choice? And Marianne, you like to call that the plan B, I think. Yeah. 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 So you're taking a look at, you know, what do I have that gets close to that, you know, what I want and what my, my body needs. So you're going to have to take another look at what's available. And, you know, we don't live in a perfect world where we can snap our fingers and say, I am craving this shrimp dish mm-hmm. that I love. And... I don't have shrimp and I don't have, you know, the restaurant that could deliver it to me. I don't have the, the time pea to make it or the broccoli that I love with it. You know, so you're just going to go, what's the closest thing? And, you know, if I still crave that food tomorrow, I might make an extra effort to, to make sure that I bring that home or I get the ingredients and I, you know, or I make it over the weekend because I'm like, man, I haven't had that for a while. And I I love that. It's something I want. Mm -hmm. And I'll think about that. But yeah, yeah, it's that plan B. You know, we don't always 
have exactly precisely what we identify is is desirable. And I think that that's really what we're getting to, is that we're looking at and we're juggling three very complex questions. What do I want? What do I need? What do I have? And we're coming up and we're compromising on all of those to come up with the best choice in this moment. In the moment. I love that. In the moment. And so that isn't about the best choice that causes weight loss or the, ba- the best choice that causes me to be smaller. It's about the best choice that helps me manage my diabetes, manage my life, and gets me to that place of uh, happiness and joy. And so we're really trying to help our, ourselves live an optimal, in optimal health with the limitations and the conditions that are present now. I love that activity and I, I love that we can give an activity, a tool to shift the approach that we're talking about, shift into approach that's more supportive of their diabetes and moves you away from the whole diet culture kind of questions and messages. I I do too. And one of the quotes that I really like is, you don't have to change your body to start caring for your body. So I think that that's something that's really powerful. And I think so many times we think I have to weigh X or BY in order for me to take care of my body. And, and I'm really, I don't feel like that's accurate at all. I really feel like you get to start caring for your body at any size, at any weight. Absolutely, because I do hear people putting off different things that might enhance their health. Well, when I get 10 more pounds mm. off, I can start you know, that next thing. But you get to start caring for yourself right now. This very right, minute. Right now, yeah, yeah. Don't don't pause. Yeah, I like that a lot. And that's the kind of thing that we really try to share over and over again. It takes a lot of hearing that to, to shift our mindset. Yeah, so Marianne, would you kind of, we have a quote that's kind of like our closing gratitude. Would yeah. you be willing to share that? I will. And it, this comes from Brene Brown. We're both a fan of her work. And if you're not familiar with her work, uh, you can just um, search her name in the internet. You'll find out about a lot of the things that she does and the books that she's written. And her quote is that, because true belonging only happens when we present our own authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. We hope that you'll find, you found that this information is, is um, going to benefit your journey with diabetes and that you will take a look at our show notes and we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Wentworth Health Partners offers a variety of programs to support you on your health journey with diabetes. This includes our monthly support program, two nutrition classes, and our two diabetes self-management training classes. Our classes include Eating Well with Diabetes. This is our nutrition class that covers the essentials and offers a way to end the confusion and start you on a personalized plan to better eating with diabetes. Food Choices for Diabetes is our nutrition class that focuses on the strategies for making effective 
and painless changes to optimize your health with diabetes as you continue to build on nutrition. Living Well with Diabetes is our self-management class that will help you understand diabetes, learn about the goal of care, and discover how to live a vibrant life with diabetes. Health Choices for Diabetes is a self-management class that discusses ways to get active, develop strategies to overcome roadblocks, answer questions about medications, and identify what to do when managing illness. Additionally, individual appointments are available for diabetes education or nutrition consultation. Lastly, we all need support, so please join us for our monthly diabetes community education program. Meeting with your peers provides education and ideas on a variety of topics from nutrition to medications and self-compassion for people with diabetes. It's easy to participate in this free monthly program on Tuesday evenings at Wentworth Douglas Hospital. Please go to the Wentworth Douglas Hospital website, wdhospital.com. Click on the News and Events tab to see the monthly program topic. While there, you can find full descriptions of our programs under the Specialty and Services tab, which leads you to the Diabetes Services page.